Welcome to City Light Church. Welcome to the house of God. If you're a first-timer here, very special welcome to you. So good to have you. If you're looking for a church home, we say, you know, we're a church as a family. It's a family of God, and we love you to be a part of our home. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah, the weather is great. Looking for sport for summer, you know. But, you know, we're looking forward to see what God is going to say in the house today, right? We're in this series called Faith. And we're going we're gonna to cap it off, and we're, we're going to finish off with what, what faith is all about. I mean, we could keep on going talking about faith for a long time, but I believe this is a message that God wants us to hear today. Right, so are you ready to hear? Okay. Everybody's excited? Great to be in the house of God. So you're here. You're watching online. We're talking about faith. And today, my message is entitled, The Battle is the Lord's. The Battle is the Lord's. Okay, so let's bow our heads, close our eyes, commit this time to God. Thank you, Father, for your presence here. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. Holy Spirit, come. Come invade this place. Come blow, Father, your wind, the wind of your spirit into the house this morning. Let it be a refreshing breeze wind. Father, we were desperate. We're desperate, Lord. We can't do anything apart from you. We need you, Holy Spirit. And we need you to take this word and just open up our hearts. May our hearts be like soil, good soil, that receives the seed of your word. And as that word is heard, let it be firm implanted in the soil of our heart. And may it get its roots down into our hearts so that it grows a harvest of, of faith. Faith that believes for the impossible, that makes the impossible possible in our lives. For the glory of God and for our great benefit. In Jesus' name, and everyone agreed and said... Amen. Amen. The battle is the Lord's. You know, we talk about life in general, and really, it's true. Life is a battle, isn't it? Life is a battle. And even on, even on the very best days of our life, you're going to find that you're in some battle to believe, right? It's, you know, I said probably the, maybe the greatest battle that we have as, as, as people is the battle to believe, Believe God. You know, one of the greatest leaders and the most successful kings was a guy named Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was the fourth king of Judah. And uh, he was 35 years old when he came and he became king. And for the most part, you know, Jehoshaphat was a great king. Great king because he loved God. And he served God. And he walked faithfully with God. And he got, you know, the scribes and Levites to to uh, preach the word of God, promote the word of God. He turned the heart of the people back to the Lord. So he was constantly walking in the ways of God. And things were going so well for Jehoshaphat and, and, and for Judah until one day that he hears that there's this vast army and this army is coming against them. They're on their way and they're coming to take you out. Now, actually, it wasn't just one army. It was... Three armies amassed together 
to form this huge, formidable, massive army. And so he hears the news. And, he's, and one verse that says he gets ter- he's terrified. And, uh, and, and so he does what he needs to do. He calls a fast. And he gathers all the people from all around uh, Judah and Jerusalem. And they come from all parts of the, of, of the nation. And they come and they gather together. Literally, it, it must have been a, a, a millions of people. Every man, woman, and child came to the temple, the, the temple in Jerusalem, and they stood before the king, and, and they were there to pray. And so the king was crying his heart to God, out to God in his powerful prayer, if you want to read it, in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And as they're praying, the, it says, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord comes on this guy, his name is Jehaziel. And in Second Chronicles, he prophesied, Second Chronicles 2015, he said, listen, King of Judah, or King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, don't, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but it's, but, but it's God, but God's. You will have to fight this battle. You will, sorry, you will not have to fight this battle. Better get that right. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You know, I love that. I love the power of the prophetic. The prophetic word. And, and one of my heart's desires, one of my prayer, prayers today, is God, restore the prophetic to the church. Before, you know, this house was literally birthed. If you want to, I can't take you back to the history of this church, but it was birthed out of the prophetic. The founder of this church was a gifted man, gift, a God, man of God, gifted with a powerful prophetic gift. It was a, a gift that he went out and used in the nations. And, and there was so much prophetic ministry in this house. And out of that ministry, we saw all kinds of sense of direction. Uh, people's lives are being changed. And, you know, pro- I'm going off on a tangent here, but prophecy creates a culture of faith that attracts the greatness out of people. Pro- prophecy calls the greatness out of us, out of people. And so here, Jehoshaphat, he could have panicked. He could have asked for terms of sur- surrender. He could have said, I'm going, to gi- I'm going to give up the promised land that our ancestors had taken. I'm going to give that all up. But he didn't do that. He didn't run. He could have run. But instead, he led his army to the battle, toward the battle. You know, I say sometimes we, got, we just have to stand our ground and we got to move toward the adversity in our life. Amen? Second Chronicles 2020. So they rose early in the morning, went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, Hear me, O Judah, and you descend, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets. And you shall prosper. Now, the king was, was aware that the people were going to make decisions based on what 
they believed about the battle. Now, they could have believed one or two things. They could have believed that this army that was coming against them was too innumerable. They were too big in order to win the battle. Now, they could have, the king knew that they could have easily believed in that. Or they could believe that the Lord is on their side. That God is with them. And that God would fight for them. And that God would save them. And the king is telling them to believe in that. First point. Your belief about your battle can affect the outcome of your battle. Maybe somebody today, you're in the battle of your life. Or maybe you're someone that's in some sort of a battle. You know, I think all of us are in some sort of a battle, aren't we? But let me say this. No matter what kind of battle you are, you're in. The outcome of your battle will not be decided by the circumstances in your battle, but, but by what you believe about the battle. Amen? You can believe. So you, so you can believe the adversity is too great. The opposition is too strong that you're not going to make it, that it's not going to happen. You can believe that or you can believe that God is on your side, that God is there to empower you, that he's there to give you everything that you need to win the battle that you're in right now. I believe today God is not, I was going to say, I want to encourage you. I believe that God himself wants to encourage you not to give up and not to give in in the battle that you're in right now that you're believing for. Don't do that. I want to remind you that it's, whose battle is it? It's God's battle. It's God's battle. And what he needs from you and I, and I, more than anything else, is for you and I to just believe. Just believe. He needs our faith. Believe. That word belief is mentioned in the Bible 249 times. 20 times in the Old Testament, 229 times in the, in the New Testament, 20 in the Old, 229 in the New. 100 times alone in the book of John. That's why we tell people, hey, you're a new believer? Start reading the book of John first. 19 times in the book of Matthew and so on. In the book of Matthew, sorry, in the, in the book of Mark. In the book of Mark is a story about this father. And he has a son. And this son has, 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 uh, has, been, has a, a demonic possession going on in him. And uh, he, this demon causes him to go into convulsions, into seizures, and it's trying to kill the guy. It's trying to kill the boy. And so the father takes his son to Jesus', Jesus disciples. And he said, can he heal him? Can he drive this demon out of him? But the disciples aren't unable to do it. So, long story short, the disciples take him to Jesus. And we pick the story up in Mark 29, verse 23. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into, into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, but if you can do anything, he's talking to Jesus, right? He's talking to God. Take pity on us 
and help us. Here's Jesus' response, verse 23. If you can, it's almost like Jesus kind of whipped his hand around and said, what? If, if, if I can, if you can? If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Amen. Wow. And it says in verse 24, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. You know, I read that, I thought, that's me. That's me. Maybe that's you. I do believe. But sometimes I've got this unbelief, right? You know, faith isn't faith unless there's unbelief that's going on, right? You know, you don't need faith if you don't have unbelief. But we see the result of this father's faith. You know, God, give me more faith. Give me the faith to overcome my unbelief. And God healed that kid, delivered that demon instantly. Or Jesus did it. You know, I... You think about all the miracles in the Bible and all the things that God does. And you think, you know, God, you know, people, some people will say, yeah, but, but pastor, you know, if God's going to do anything, he's going to do it. Really, it's all up to him. But is it all up to him? You know, then why does Paul say in Philippians chapter 4 and 13, I can do all this through Christ who gives who? Gives me strength. You know, you notice he uses those pronouns, I and me. So, really, it's not just believing that God is strong, but it's also believing that I am strong through God's strength, right? It's believing that, that God, God is my strength, that I'm an overcomer, and because I'm a child of God, that I can win the battle that I'm in. Isn't that right? I can win. You know, when you think about life, in life, things do not always go the way we want, does it? But in the end, we win. In the end, we can win the battle that we're in. Because the Bible tells us that what the enemy meant for evil, what does God do? He turns it around for what? For good. And that's exactly what Romans 8, 28 says too. It says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good, to bring about what is good in our lives, right? David, his life was up and down, good things, bad things. Psalm 3, verse 1, David cries out to God. He says, Lord, how many are my foes? It's almost like he got up in the morning, opened his eyes, and he realized, God, I got so many troubles I've got to face today. And he's saying, God, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. In other words, God, many are predicting that I'm not going to make it. But then he bursts up, out into this declaration about praise about God. And he says in verse 3, But you, Lord, but you, Lord, aren't you glad? You know, someone, a pastor once said, aren't you glad for all the buts in the Bibles? In the Bible, the big buts? The but you, Lords. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head. I call out to God. He answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. You know what he's saying? Life, God, life is, life is hard, but God, you are good. 
Amen? Life is hard, but God is good. So your beliefs about your battle can affect the outcome of your battle. Point two. Your future is determined by what you believe. Your future is determined by what you believe. So much truth in that statement. Your future is determined by what you think, by what your, what, what your mindset is. I want you to listen. Just We're going to read the, these word, the words of a... This is, called, this is one of the most famous poems that have been written in the world. It was written in 1905 by a, a, a relatively unknown person. We don't know much about him. His name is um, Walter, Double, Walter D. Wintel. Wintel. And, and Wintel um, published this poem in 1905, and originally it was meant to be a, a, a poem for kids. So it's, this poem is called The Man who thinks he can. We'll just read it quickly. The man who thinks he can. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win, but think you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out in the world we find, success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you're outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man, but sooner or later, the man who wins is the one who thinks he can. Whoa. You know, it's all summed up. That's all summed up in this one verse by King Solomon, Proverbs 23, verse 7. As a man thinketh, thinketh, so he is. Your future is determined by what you believe, right? But, but, number three, you can change the outcome of your story by what you're believing in today. I'll give you an example. Let's say that you're somebody that believes that everyone out is out there to cheat you or to deceive you or to take advantage of you, and that most everybody in the world cannot be trusted. There are people like that. So if you feel, now, if you feel that way about people day after day after day, in it, you know, day in and day out, you know, that's, you know what happens? It, that's going to become, your world is going to get smaller, and it'll become, this, the, it'll, be the, it'll become the story of your life, if you think that way. But if you think that most people are good, and that, that most people have grace for you, and, that, and you can have grace for them. And if you believe that God actually put people in your life to bless you, if you believe that, and that actually some of them are meant to be your good friends, you know what happens? Your, your life becomes a whole lot better, doesn't it? It affects your life in a totally different way. You know, but you know, what about other areas? Like, What about your beliefs about your work and about your workplace and the people that you work with? What about your beliefs about your money? What about your beliefs about your marriage? See, so here's the question. Why believe, why believe in negative stuff, in stuff that literally doesn't do any, do you any good in your life? Why believe about that kind of stuff, right? Why believe that you're a loser? Why believe that somebody's always out to get you? Or why believe that, that if you serve, you know, that you, won't, that you get burnt out? when God gives you grace and gifts to serve, right? 
Why believe that if you give, you won't have anything left over? Why believe that kind of stuff, right? It's important how we believe. See, I believe that, you know, some people say, well, I can't help the way I believe. But I say, yes, you can help the way that you believe. You know, we get to decide what we're going to believe. We, God gives us the ability to make our own decisions. Do you agree with that? Do you agree? How many agree that you can make your own decisions, right? I think most of us would agree with that. Here's the story. I told it before. You remember this? I don't know. Story about this guy. He's a construction worker. And every single day at lunchtime, he would open up his lunch kit. And every single day, he would look at it and he would say, tuna sandwiches again. Every day he would do that. And every day, you know, his co-workers heard it. And then one day, one of the workers said, well, why don't, why don't you ask your wife to make something different? And he says, my wife, I make my own sandwiches. <laughs> you know, we complain where we are, but we're the one making our own decisions, right? God doesn't make our own decisions. He's given us one of the greatest privileges and rights that God has given mankind is the ability to make their own decisions, you know? So, and it, I see it's one of the greatest powers that we have. So, question again. Why not change the way you believe? Why not change your beliefs for a more positive, powerful, prosperous future? Why not? Why not do that? Point number four. When we believe something, we can actually activate its reality in our life. When you believe something, you can, it actually activates something, a reality in your life. Remember what God said through Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20. It says, believe, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. See, when we believe something, we activate its reality in our life. God's goal, I believe God's goal and God's part is, to just, is just to get us to start believing, and to just get us to that point so that when faith kicks in, when believing kicks in, that's when the impossible can be possible. Are you with me? And you get it. You get it why Jesus said, all things are possible to them who believe. All things are possible. When believing kicks in, when you really start to believe, suddenly the adversities in your life, suddenly the challenges in your life, suddenly the mountains become minimized to the point, to the scope, and to the size where, that, where your faith and your confidence has the ability to overcome whatever you're facing in your life. Amen? Amen. Believing, Jesus is trying to say, is, trying to say, is that powerful, right? That's why Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. You can, if you have faith in God, you can say to this mountain, you know, you know, be lifted up and thrown into the sea. And he says, if you believe what you say, it will happen. Believing is that powerful. Your believing can actually move mountains. Insurmountable things in your life can be moved just by believing in him. You know, I think about our country. I think about our nation of Canada. And, we, you know, we're living in a nation 
that was founded on beliefs, right? We are where we are because of our beliefs, biblical beliefs, beliefs of what we believe in God, what the Bible says. And because of these beliefs, as a country, the Constitution was written out of those beliefs, biblical beliefs, and that's the reason why we believe in a government that is for the, of the people, by the people, for the people, and not the other way around, right? And we, we believe in people's individual rights. We believe in the freedom of speech. We believe in the freedom to worship, right? You know, we believe, you know, we, we believe that in, in trusting in God, you know, and we believe in equality. We believe in freedom, amen? We believe in equality, you know, and we, we believe in justice, and, and we believe in success, prosperity, opportunity is for everyone from every background. You know, our nation, where we got here is by the beliefs that we've had over the last 156 years. You know, as a nation, we've never been a perfect nation. But boy, we have been so blessed because the foundation of our beliefs have been right. We believe God. You know, I say, let's pray for Canada. Let's keep praying for Canada. Let's, let's pray for our province, for, a, for a, a godly government who will hold on to our beliefs, our Christian beliefs. You know? Amen. Let's pray for our, our, our province. You know, I want to remind you tomorrow, and you probably, it's in your, it's in your mind, it's in your, you've got it written down. Don't forget to vote, to exercise your rights as Albertans to vote for the right government, right? Who, the government for the people will hold on to our beliefs, biblical Christian beliefs, which built this country and made it so great in the first place. Amen? Amen. Let's finish the rest of the story. We, get, we, got, we got to get over this message. Jehoshaphat, he told the people, we're heading into battle. We're going for it. Second Chronicles chapter 20, 21. says, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord, praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Amen. You know, you agree, this is an unusual way to organize an army, isn't it? Yeah. But the Bible says that as they were walked to the battle, they were singing, they were celebrating, they were they were, were thanking God. They were celebrating what had, hasn't happened yet. And they were celebrating. They were singing about God's greatness. And they were giving thanks to, the, to God for the victory in advance. You know, here's the question. Why, why sing in the middle of the battle? Why sing in the middle of the battle? Here's why. Because believing that God is with us and that God is for us is going to give us the victory. Amen? Amen? Because here, you know, they, here, here's what they, they were doing. They were declaring, they were verbalizing their faith before the battle. They were doing it during the battle, and they did it even after the victory, even after the battle was done. They kept praising, they kept worshiping God. You know, I sing, I sing because I'm winning. You know, I don't stop singing because I'm winning. I don't stop worshiping because I'm winning the battle, amen? amen? And because I know in my heart the battle is the Lord. And in the end, that I'm going to win the battle, right? 
Because God is the strength of my heart. He's the constant source for my, of my, for my help in times of trouble. He's always there. Second Chronicles 22, 20 verse 22, says at the very moment. Did you see that? Did you hear that? At the very moment, they began to sing and give praise to God. The Lord calls the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. At the very moment, at the instant they started praising and worshiping God, God started to move. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Can you imagine that? As far as they could see. This is not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Wow. God sent, I don't know what happened, but God sent some sort of confusion into the camp. They argued with each other. They fought against each other. They turned on each other. And it was a killing field. And it was a bloodbath. And verse 25 says, King Jehoshaphat and his men went to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. Talk about a great wealth transfer. And it's coming. It's coming. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which God has named that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Wow. You say with me, what I believe affects what I receive. Do you believe that? Yeah. Bow your heads. We're going to pray. You know, I said, you know, life is a battle. And some of us are in battles. And it seems like even the best of times, it doesn't matter when, you're always trying to believe God for something. There's something that you need to believe God for because we're not living in a perfect life, are we? But today I'm going to pray. You know, I want to say today, you're here, you're in a battle. Maybe a battle of your life, maybe a battle of some sort, a battle to believe, maybe for a breakthrough in some area, in a relationship. Maybe a battle to believe in your finances. A battle to believe for a prodigal son or daughter to come back. Uh, Whatever it is. A battle in your body for healing for some area that you're believing God for. You you haven't given up yet. I want to pray for them. So if you're in a battle, I want you to just close your eyes just for a moment. And then just lift your hand to the Lord. Just raise raise a hand to the Lord. You're in a battle. Any battle that you're in. And I'm going to pray for you. Father God. I thank you for your word today. Your word, you promise that your word will never come back void. It always accomplishes its purpose. And today, Father, we're putting our faith and our confidence in you today against all reasoning, against all rationale, against all what the world and everybody else in the world would say. And today, Father, I pray for breakthrough, breakthrough for these people. I pray for open heavens. I pray for turnarounds and circumstances for those who are in 
battled today, turnarounds in their life. And I pray for those people, for, for, for those who may be in a place of worry or fear. Maybe you're dis, uh, discouraged, you're, you're downcast. And I, I pray that your hearts would be lifted up and that your minds would be encouraged today. And I pray that we as a people of God, that this week we will just rise up and we will just sing and we will just praise all day and we would worship because worship is, is, is a weapon of our warfare. And I pray for this shift in our minds, our mindset to shift, to believe God, to see literally heaven open up, to see a release of power and healing. I pray for success. I pray for, for uh, deliverance. I pray for breakthroughs, solutions in situations that we're in battling, that we're battling within today. I pray for all of that. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to make a declaration. Okay? I want you to say after me, you're in a battle. Are you ready for this? We're going to declare it right to the Lord. We talk about verbalizing our faith. Lord Jesus, I give you my battle. Okay, stop right there for a second. Now, we're going to continue that. Now, I want you to tell him. You can just whisper it. You can say it to him. Say it out loud to him. But I want you to tell him what you're... Just verbalize your battle. My battle is, I'm believing for this. I'm, I'm hoping for this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to stand... In that place of faith, believe whatever the battle is, something in your body, maybe a, a breakthrough, a relationship, whatever it is. So, say after me, I give you my battle, and then just tell me. I give you my battle. I'm believing for. Okay? Just want to do that? Let's do it again. Father God, I give you my battle. Now, name that battle. Name it. This is my battle, Lord. You can say it in your mind. This is my battle. Okay? Now, say after me. Finish it off. This battle, Lord, it's yours. But the victory is mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank him for the victory. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for the breakthrough. We thank you, Lord, for the grace to stand in belief. In Jesus' name, we will keep believing. We will never stop praising you. We will not stop worshiping you. And we will not stop thanking you until we receive the victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Keep your heads bowed. You know, God wants you to know that he's given you a hope in the future, that he sent his son Jesus because he planned to give salvation to people. And if you were the only one left on earth, that he would have come for you. You'd be the reason for his coming. And that if you receive him right now, he will dramatically alter your life and he will change you forever, for now and for eternity. You know, if that's you, you can just say this simple prayer. You can receive Christ into your heart, and I promise you, you will never be the same. And your life will never be the same. So if that's you, bow your heads, close your eyes, and say with all and sincerity, Dear, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and shedding your blood to pay for my sins. Father God, today I repent. I turn from my sins. And I ask you to come into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you just keep your heads bowed, eyes closed just for a moment. 
If you said that prayer for the very first time, will you raise your hand and will you just wave it? And if you said that prayer, will you go back to the connections desk right in the back? It's all lit up. There's a desk back there. If you're watching online, you said that prayer, will you let us know? Touch the hand at the bottom of the screen. We will connect you to someone to tell you what your next great step of faith in your incredible walk with God will be. Amen? Amen. If you made that decision, I say welcome to Jesus. Welcome to eternal life. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to an abundant life. Amen. Amen.